So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for a review of the day. Constant stream of useful stuff. Five stars. Amy Storer one. Pat's getting out there and finding legit contributors who are hitting it out of the park in their respective areas of specialty. What a fantastic resource for success-minded real estate agents trying to grab ideas that they can implement and continue to grow with. This podcast is invaluable. Thanks, Amy. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a great returning guest today. I got Mr. Colton Lindsay on the line, coming out of West Haven, not Connecticut, Utah. West Haven, Utah, and he is tearing some things up out there and making a lot of waves and doing a lot of things right. And I said, Colton, man, you got to come back on the show and tell us, you know, give us some rock star advice. So without further ado, Colton, welcome back to Real Estate Rockstars. What's up, man? I'm stoked to be back here a second time. I must, you know, my, my radio voice is good looking enough to be on the show with you. <laughs> hey, Colton, why don't you tell everybody about you so they can get to know you better? Yeah, so 32 years old in uh, just north of Salt Lake City, Utah. I've been in real estate industry 12, almost 13 years now. I've got several businesses. One's my real estate sales business. I'm probably 90% out of production in that. We, we'll do about 100 deals this year, roughly 600K in revenue just with that business. I work very closely in partnership with Fearless Agent, which is a real estate sales coaching and training company, most affordable, effective company on the planet, in my opinion. Do awesome business with them. And then also Financial Freedom Nation, which is, you know, teach people how to create financial freedom in their inner and outer world. And then I am a husband and I am a dad and I am a lover of life. That's awesome, dude. All right. So let's start with your business. So you did 100 deals last year. Let's get to some nitty gritty. What was your ECI, Colton, your ego commission income? My ego commission income, you know, dude, that's dropping more and more every single year with the ego. Really in the sense of it, I think the older I get or maybe more aware I get, I'm kind of ripping that ego out of me. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Uh, it used to be all about me. It used to be like, hey, this is my name. In the last year, I've actually taken my name off of everything besides the listings just because that's how it works flow with our marketing. But I'm not on the signs. I'm not on the postcards. I'm not on the almost anything anymore. So I'm what stepping are you, out. What are you calling it now? So originally I had started with the world's greatest realtor when I first got in the business. It was a goofy joke. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so that was what all your stuff said, the world's greatest. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got a, I got a letter from the uh, NAR cease and desist from using the world's greatest realtor. So I changed it to the WGR, which made no sense. The WGR real estate sales team. So now it's the world's greatest real estate sales team. And so your signs say world's greatest real estate sales team. 
Yeah, yeah. And so no one knows really Colton Lindsay in your local market. You know, I think a lot of people do because I got a good social media following just because for so long I was branded as the WGR with my name. Now it's just my name's not on it. So I think it'll take some time to kind of have me tailor out of it. But for the most part, new people don't really recognize it. That's funny. Okay, cool. And so you sold 100 deals. What's your average sale price? We're right around 225 in our marketplace right now, maybe 250. Our average commission though, because we charge more, you know, we're actually probably, you're right, probably 225 on average sales price, but we average probably about $7,700 a deal right now. So you made about 770 grand last year? No, not, not last year because last year I didn't do 100 deals. This year we're on track for 100 deals. We're just over 50, 51, 52 deals. So last year we were just under 80. And my, last year it was basically me and one other agent. So what'd you um, make last year? Last year, 590 was what my, with, with everything was on my tax returns, 590. Okay. 590 was your gross yep. commission. And then what'd you net? Net commission or net income was roughly right around 360-ish. I'd have that's, to go back and look. That, that's pretty good profit margin. And that's because you don't have agents. It's just you, right? You're a solo agent and... Oh, you were a solo agent and you just had staff. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you've changed it, right? Because yeah. if you're out of production, then you obviously got somebody with a license. Yeah. Yeah. We got licensed people now. I'll give you an idea with how my, my business has kind of flows to the same thing. So in the month of June, total gross revenue, this was with my revenue sources, not including my holding company, was about $146,000 gross and about $87,000 net in the month of June. So we've really, even with shifting over, I'm still pushing up those net profit margins. You don't have to give up a lot of net if you do it right, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so what'd you do? Let's talk about this, right? So you went from a solo agent, obviously, you know, you're working your ass off no matter what as a solo agent with no other licensed people. And then all of a sudden you take this massive shift and you're like, I'm getting out of production. I mean, that's pretty fast, right? So, so how did you do it? What mistakes did you make? What'd you do right? That sort of thing. Leverage was key. I just started firing myself left and right. I think like I told you before, I've been going through kind of this awareness or awakening idea that I'm going to die one day. I've accepted that was huge this last year. I had a good friend of mine, 39 years old, passed away from stomach cancer. That really shook, shook me up quite a bit that I am mortal at 32. You almost think that you're never going to die. I don't know if you've, you've gone through that stage in your life. Where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think you think you're invincible at a certain age, right? Like I, when I was younger, I used to think I was invincible. Like people would die. I knew people that died, but I also felt like I was blessed in that I had this layer around me that would keep me from being one of them. And I definitely don't feel like that anymore, you know? For sure. Uh, so yeah, I know. Absolutely. Yes. I guess it happens to all of us. Uh, it's good that it happened to you at an early age, but keep going. So tell me about that. Yeah, so um, he was he was 39, making about a million and a half a year, crushing it. We used to do a lot of partying before I was married, and you know, I slowly phased away. Still did a lot of deals with him and stuff. But really, he was a real estate agent. Yeah, he ran a new construction sales company, one of the biggest in the area. So I mean, he was really part of the community for sure, and it shook my belief system and really caused me to think and face this fear of death. For the longest time, I kind of neglected that I had that fear of death, and then all of a sudden, when I really embraced this fear of death, and it took me a little bit of time to to go through it, but. I embraced it. And once I embraced that I was going to die one day, it was like, well, fuck, dude, I'm going to live until I die. Like it just snapped. I went and changed my health almost overnight. I'm down 40 pounds since the first of the year, just crushed it with my health. My entire family 
not by me choosing, but just kind of naturally fell into place. We, we all have raw vegetable diets, have very little meat ever in our nutrition. My girls never eat dairy, meat, any of that stuff, all raw vegetables. And so we just changed that direction. Then, then I went through this other stage where I started to recognize the people I love in my life were going to die, right? You know, my parents getting into their uh, 60s now. My dad retired. He's had some stuff that he's dealt with. And then I had to face a new fear, the fear of my loved ones dying. And once I can embrace, embrace the fact that both my, you know, I was going to die and the people I love was going to die, all of a sudden, you know, every moment of my life become about living life to the fullest. And I said, when I get to the end of my life, whether it's tomorrow or 100 years from now, do I want to continue to do what I'm doing? And I've done pretty awesome shit, but I want to do different shit now. And I had to be able to change my actions in order to change the results that I was having in my life. And that's where I started figuring out how can I leverage myself? Who were the talented people I could get in my life? Some of the failures along the way was I, I made some bad hires. I just completely got some bad people into the organization, got rid of them. And, but I found that, you know, I, if I could get a handful of great hires, I might have to go through 15 bad people to get to the five good ones, then leveraged. So what can we learn from that? Like, so we don't do that. Let's say someone's listening and they're like, man, Colton's my hero. He went from being a workaholic solo agent doing everything himself. And now he's completely leveraged and out of the business. What out of production, what can we learn? Like what should we do and shouldn't do Who's the person that you finally found to run this for you and how'd you find them? One of them was actually, was already a staff member of mine. He just went through some life changes for him as well. Ended up getting a girl, having a baby, having a new stepson, like his life shifted. And so his level of standards just shifted and he really stepped up a lot. Uh, the other one was just um, actually a past for sale by owner that I had listed and sold, stayed in my database. He, we, we stayed pretty good friends. And then he approached me one day and said, hey, I'd love to come work with you. So kind of the stars just lined up. We got some good people in place. And then from there, I started following Tim Hiles' model quite a bit, hiring junior agents, making some mistakes there, and then making some wins there. The biggest thing that I would say is just like you have a listing process, create a hiring process, recruiting process. That was a big mind shift for me. Instead of me just having to recruit or prospect for listings every day, I started to prospect for talented realtors every single day. And then, and I, then I realized I didn't want talented realtors. I just wanted talented people. And so my successful people started coming from outside of real estate and I just created a process and I realized I've got five, I didn't realize, I already knew I had five core values, positive mental attitude, you know, the it factor just makes shit happen. Number three is just come from a place of contribution, serve others, have a shit ton of fun, and then just have this burning desire to build financial freedom. And so I knew my core values and they were governed around urgency, transparency, and accountability. Attention real estate agents who want to win more listings. Want to discover the secrets of how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life without the pain of getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents? If so, then join me on a very special free webinar event titled How to Beat Experienced and Egotistical Listing Agents Without Commission Cutting and Overpricing. On this training, you'll discover the answers every real estate agent needs to know to instantly win more listings, including the six most widely used scripts to get a seller to sign the listing paperwork, the three success hacks to combat an agent with a huge track record of success, and the four easiest statements that instantly get sellers to pay higher commissions. These three things and so, so much more. 
So if you're serious about wanting to win more listings without getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents, register now for this special event that will show you exactly how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life. Register now at hybendigital.com backslash listing or by texting the word listing to 444-999. That's listing to 444-999. And make sure to stick around for the huge game-changing offer that you won't receive anywhere else. That's listing to 444-999 or online at hybendigital.com backslash listing. See you there. And so once, once I painted that picture to people, here's my vision, here's what's important for you to fit into my relationships, then I found people that fit into that. And the people that didn't, they just, they just went by the wayside. And it took me a minute to get clear on that vision, but once I did, then it was easier to find talented people. Wow. Okay. And so how are you involved now? Like what is your involvement, work hours, that sort of thing? Yeah, so I still lead the stand-up meeting typically every morning. What does and that mean? Stand-up meeting is 8 o'clock every day. Typically, we have a 10-minute meeting where we talk about a couple of our rocks. One business rock, like what's the one thing I must do that takes me to my 90-day targets? And then what's one thing I must do personally to take me to my 90-day targets? And then we, we go over some – actually, I step back. We share victories from the previous day. Then we do our rocks. Then we read our power declarations out loud. And then we get on the phones. And then I usually hop on the phones, and we'll still make a few SOI calls just because I'm still addicted to that. But then I just start recruiting agents or start working on my other businesses. And is this face-to-face? Is you do this over virtually over Zoom or something? Or what uh, I, typically, I Typically, I do it face-to-face. But if I'm out of town, I just have one of my leaders just run it. And when I'm out of the office, I'm out of the office, which is, I mean, I've been out of the office for about 12 days straight now. I did wow. go in yesterday. But besides that, it had been since two weeks on this Wednesday. So you do one, like you call them rocks, one business, one 90-day business goal, one 90-day personal goal. Yep. And what's your win for the day? What's something good that happened in the last 24 hours? Yeah, and we celebrate the shit out of those wins too. Like we just go crazy. We got people in our office complaining because we're too loud, too crazy, but we just want to celebrate. And that's, that's the culture that I want. I want to celebrate. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about fearless agents. What are your coaching agents on how to be fearless? Yeah, so I don't do as much coaching training. I do do some free trainings, live streams inside of the Facebook group. I do some joint partnership. I'm one of the, the main trainers for Mojo. I don't know if you heard of Mojo Sales. Yeah. So we do a lot of training yep. for them. But mostly a lot of my, my part in that business is branding and promoting just through social media, through different things like that. So I run a lot of that side of the business. So let's talk a little bit about Mojo training, right? So like give us some free Mojo training, training people on with Mojo. What can we learn from you? Yeah. So a lot of the ways uh, that we train are just some great scripts to use as you're calling people. Number one. Number two is how do you set the workflow after you make the phone call? Like, okay, you have a conversation. I still think cold calling is huge. You find someone they're going to sell in the next six months or whatever. And okay, but what's the follow-up, the automated follow-up system with that person? So you get to meet with them three months or four months or whatever that is. So that's one of them. The other one that I, I, I work a lot is like when you're calling your SOI, we have a workflow. Okay, the call ends. Then you send them on an automated email letter campaign. So they're getting emails and letters from you as well. Uh, just things like that. Let's give some meat and potatoes here rather than generalities. Let's say 
And we understand you're calling, let's just say you're circle prospecting, you're calling down a street and I pick up the phone. Now, are you calling cell phones or are you just calling? I'm calling anybody we can get on the phone. We use a lot of Kohl's resources because they tend to have some cell phones. I think it's a gray area, but we still use it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people I've talked to on this show are, are doing it in cell phones and whatever, like you said, whatever they can get. So, okay. So, hello. Oh, so you were doing a role play. Hi, yeah, hi it's Pat there. Yeah, this is Pat. Hey, Pat. It's Colton Lindsay with the WGR Real Estate Sales Team. How are you doing today? Good, buddy. How are you? I love my life. Thanks for asking. Hey, real quick, because I got to go. Just calling to see if you might be thinking of selling your house. Well, actually, you know, not right now, Colton, but probably in about this time next year. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. When you sell your house, Pat, where are you moving to next? Dayton, Ohio. Ah, oh, well, that's cool. What takes you to Dayton, Ohio? You know, my parents live there. They passed away and we have this house and it's paid off and uh, we're just going to move there. Ah, okay. I started to hear about your parents. So this house is free and clear and you just want to move there, get back to kind of where your roots are sort of thing? Indeed. I completely get that. Listen, like I said, I got to go to another call, but let me ask Pat, if you knew for certain that by selling your house now, rather than a year from now, you could put more money in your pocket, would you rather sell now and get a lot of money or wait a year and risk getting less money? Which would you rather do? Really not ready. That's the thing. So right. No problem. Yep. No problem. Well, I, like I said, I got to get running. Let me ask you this and then I got to go. I have a networking program where I stay in touch with people like yourself about four times a year by phone. Would you mind if I stay in touch? If you ever have a question, you just let me know. Sure. Awesome. Uh, so I got your mailing address and your phone number. What's your best email? I'll shoot you my contact card. Yep. It's phil at pathyben.com. Awesome. So phil at pathyben.com. Great. When would you like me to call you back? Uh, you can check in probably, you know, this time next year, month okay. before maybe. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I appreciate you for your time. All right. And then the follow-up call. You're yeah, but we, we cut the time in half. So if they tell me 12 months from now, I call them in six. If they tell me six months from now, I call them in three. Yeah. Always smart to cut it in half. Another thing I noticed that you're doing there, Colton, is, you know, you kept doing a little reverse psychology. Hey, I got to go. Hey, real quick, because I got to go. Hey, you know, why were you doing that? It's, it's called a false time restraint. So with linguistic patterns, it just, you know, no one likes to talk on the phone with the sales dude very long. So if they think he's got to run, I mean, imagine like this, if, if you're for single dudes out there and you approach a, a girl, she's going to think you're some weirdo. But if you kind of are turned to the side with your body language saying, hey, listen, I got to get back to my friends, they're going to realize, well, number one, you're not a weirdo, you have friends. Number two is you're not going to take a lot of their time. So you got to create that. You got to just be able to break into their patterns and be into their, their linguistic flow. False time restraints. I like it because it's kind of like it pulls, right? It's like, yep. hey, I got to go, you know, real quick. But <laughs> even though you called them, right? Yeah. So, so. Well, when we do FISBOs, one of the things I teach is so we, we use what's called the magic question, fearless agent, if you knew 100% for sure, blah, blah, blah. But then, then when they, they, I, we, we ask before we get to that, we find out, is it because you hate, like, okay. Wait, wait, no, what, you can't just do that to us. So what is the magic question? Let's, I'll get to the magic question. Let me step yeah. up before that. We ask, we ask a question where we say, hey, obviously you got your house for sale, you know, on the market without being for sale with a realtor. Is that because you hate realtors or what is it? It's just a question that causes people to laugh and say, well, no, we don't hate realtors, most of them, but it's about the money. So we get them to admit it's about the money. But how I enter into the magic question, I say, awesome. I totally respect your money. It's important. Listen, Mr. Fisbro, I got to get to another prospecting call because it's my job, but I got to ask you this. If you knew 
100% for certain that doing business with me, two things would happen. One is you sell your house and you get, you know, move. The other is you end up with way more money than you can get any other way with or without an agent. And I, I know it's a big promise, Pat, but if you knew that, would you even want to hear more about it and be honest with me? Yeah, sure. Of course. Awesome. Cool. Why don't I do this? I don't mind. Why don't I swing over, take a look at your house while well, I'll share with you how we do business. I think you'll be super impressed. Worst case scenario, you kick me out in 20 minutes and say, hey, Cole, it's not a fit. What do you say? You willing to risk kicking me out of your house, Pat? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh -huh. cool. Do you usually early afternoons or typically later afternoons better for you guys? You know, it's got to be later. Later? Like around five? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've got an availability today around five or is tomorrow at five better for you? Tomorrow at five. Awesome. Let's plan on tomorrow at five. I got your address is 123fearlessagent.com. You like that plug? Um, and we'll go over everything tomorrow. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sam Monreal has over 200 agents that he sifts through leads for every day at his company Rockerbox. Dale Archdeacon coaches agents how to sift through leads on their team. Both are industry experts at incoming leads and outbound leads. Nobody is talking more about this subject than these two guys. They have given me the form that all their people, all their coaches, in Sam's case, all his sifters use to qualify potential seller prospects and to turn them into listing appointments. I'm gonna give this form to you for free just as a benefit of being a listener of Real Estate Rockstars. To get a free copy of this form, text SCRIPT, that's S-C-R-I-P-T, to 444-999. That's SCRIPT to 444-999. So you, know, so, so, you know, people driving down the road listening to this are thinking, yeah, but, you know, here he overpromised them, right? Because most FISBOs, you know, are priced pretty aggressively. Well, no, that's not true. But, but let, let, let's just say, what do you say to the people when you get there, when you've promised them that you're going to get them massive amounts more and they're I, I, I didn't promise I'm going to get them massive amounts more than what they're going to get on the FISBO or what they're asking, I should say. I, I promise I'm going to get them more money than they get any other way possible on the planet, right? And how do I do that? Two ways. Number one is I believe it. I believe no one can outperform me and my sales system. Number two is I have an amazing fearless agent listing presentation that's completely different than everyone that allows me to go in, sign it at 7% and make more money than my competition. So it's two ways. One, it's a belief. Number two, it's the how. How do you just present that? And it's just the presentation we teach. Yeah, that's awesome. So I and I love how you did <coughs> the, the kind of the reversal, the, the reverse psychology on that. Again, you know, you know, you first of all, what do you hate real estate agents, right? Because you're you're taking the wind out of their sails there. And then you know, worst case scenario, you kick me out. Are you cool with kicking me out, or you know, whatever? Do you think you're the worst? You know. Worst thing that happens, you, you meet with a top sales agent for 20 minutes and you kick me out of your house. Would you be okay with kicking me out of your house? Yeah, I probably wouldn't kick you out. I'd probably just ask <laughs> you nicely. Yeah, you're taking that away from them. And then they're like, oh, no, I would never do that. Yeah, you got to get on their side. That's how people work. Be on their side. Ah, I like that. Be on their side.
Yeah. How, do you, how can we do that with buyers? Man, you got to have patience with buyers, I think. How can we be on their side? What kind of sales risk, sales reversals can you do with a buyer? You know, just one rule that comes to my head is just agree with people, pace them and lead them, right? I totally get that you want to get this house under market value and save $20,000. And obviously, this is the right house for you guys. And, and you know that by giving a solid offer to live in this house is what you guys want to do, right? So you just pace them and lead them along the way. And then a great question I always ask with buyers, hey, on a scale of one to 10, 10 is this is the place where you want to put your roots. One is you never want to see it again. Where do you rank it? And if they tell me a nine or a 10, I say, well, then it's obvious we got to give a nine or a 10 offer because it's someone else's nine or 10 too. So here's where I suggest that we go. I always suggest where we need to go, especially in this market. Well, I should say I have my team suggest. I don't work. I don't work. You, know, you know what you could do to be on their side? You could, you go into a house and there's a little bit of mold and you just overreact. Oh my God, look at that mold. That could cause respiratory problems. Da, 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 da. And they're like, oh, that's not a big problem. It'd be fixed up with some bleach. Yeah. <laughs> or you kind of, you know, you, you strategically show your houses, so you're showing them a couple of dogs and then you're like, oh my God, don't buy this. This is a disaster. I would never live here. And then when you get to the primo house, which you know is the one that they're going to like or the one that's a great deal, then you give them the, the real advice, which is you need to make a decision on this. I recommend you write the offer now. Yeah, I think that's one way to do it for sure. I kind of, I actually prefer not to bring up the mold, right? I had this an example early on from one of my brokers that it was his first house he ever had listed. And he said it was a disaster. It smelled like shit. I mean, like pets had been, you had to wipe your feet off when you left the house. That's what this house was like, right? Yeah. And uh, all the agents in the office told him it was overpriced, yada, yada. He goes into the house because he's got someone wanting to look at it. And he was going to bring up, you know, the problems and at least kind of mention them. And he said, you know what, I'm just going to hold my mouth shut. What happened was, though, they walked in and you know what they said? <sighs> Smells like home. Boom. They bought that house full price. So you never know. There's a toilet seat for every ass out there, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Colton. So, you know, we were talking earlier and you talked about, you were talking about the voice and you're going through this mindset change that's pretty drastic. Why don't you kind of explain it to us like a third grader could understand? I don't want to lose the audience and go in too deep, but kind of uh, dumb it down and uh, explain to us what's going on with you. So one book I'm going to recommend, and I don't know if you've read it, but it's The Untethered Soul. You ever read that book? Yes, I did. I read his other book about, you know, saying, saying yes to everything. Oh, I haven't read that, but he's got a book called the, Sur oh, maybe it is the same one, the Surrender, the Surrender Experience. Experience. Yeah, that's the yes. one I read. I don't remember the Untethered. I, I remember the title, but I don't remember. It was like 10 years ago, but then I read, read the Surrender last year. And basically he just says yes to everything and uh, lets the universe fill in the gaps. And it, it made him a, just about a billionaire, but but anyways, okay, talk to me. Yeah, so I realized that money comes to me so easily and frequently. And, but I had, like I said, I had this kind of workaholic in me. And I didn't want to, I didn't, not that I didn't want to produce. I want to be a produceaholic. I don't want to be a workaholic doing shit I don't want to do, right? And I just became more and more aware of this voice that's talking in your head. And if you're listening to this, you might be saying like, what fucking voice is he talking about? That's, that's the voice I'm talking about. You're having this conversation <laughs> in your head. The thing, that, the, the thing it just asked you, what is he talking about? That's the voice. Yeah. yeah. And I, I used to identify it as a negative conversation, right? Like anytime I had doubt, fear, worry, 
anxiety, whatever, I would then try to overcome that conversation with positive, you know, like try to prove it wrong by becoming positive with my thoughts, right? We've all heard of a positive thinking. Right. And then yeah, yeah, sure. all of a sudden I was like, well, what if I didn't even acknowledge the conversation? What if I didn't even talk to the voice, but I just let it go and I went and just did something, right? And then and I became aware that I was becoming aware that I wasn't that voice. That's, that voice isn't me. It's something else. It's my mind. It's my subconscious. It's talking, but I am deeper than that. I'm this infinite being that like, even after death, I believe I'll exist forever. I believe I've always existed, right? And so, so now this helped me understand that when there's like a problem that pops up, you ever had a problem in your life, Pat? Yes. Right? So you ever had someone said something or something happen and you get this little feeling in your heart, like you start to freak out or panic just a little bit? You ever had yeah. that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So right there, you have a choice. You have a choice to either feed that conversation and continue to dwell into that energy or you can just relax, let it pass through you, and not have to even deal with that negative energy. It just disappears. You can live in this state of amazing happiness, amazing, not even happiness. I think happiness is even before. It's just tranquility, just this place of like, life's awesome, man. It's an amazing experience. And so that's been my really big awareness this last year. Um, and it probably does sound kind of goofy, but it's like life is beyond this physical experience here. And we don't have to be wrapped in the conversation when someone said some shit about us. We don't have to be wrapped into the problem of why we're overweight or why we're fat or why we're broke. Or I mean, that's just some bullshit conversation going on in your head and you don't have to listen to it. And you don't have to prove it wrong either. So many of us think we've got to prove it wrong or we got to figure out this. You know what I'm tired of, Pat? <laughs> I'm going off on a tangent now. I'm tired of people talking about this big fucking why, right? Like why you got to be successful? Why do you want to earn a lot of money? Why do you want to get on the phones? I don't need a fucking reason. I just need to do it. I need to stop thinking and get to work. I need to act my way into this right thinking. I want nice stuff. I want to travel the world. I want to have awesome stuff for my kids, just like everyone else. I don't need to focus on this why. I need to focus on this moment. Right. And, and you mentioned something else that I want to address on You know, one of your core values, and that's the last one that you mentioned was your the need for greed kind of like and you didn't say it like that but it was burning desire to make money to make profit right and i think that a lot of people don't have that like you know there's people i have a lot of mentees and there's there's people i give advice to and sometimes i'll talk to somebody and they'll be like well i just told them that we'd figure it out later and we'd figure out something fair and i was like no dude you need to be you need to be hungry for the money. You tell them, you tell them you want this percentage of it, you know? And they're like, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. I'm like, exactly. This is America, not Russia. You know, yeah. you deserve to make a big profit. You've been working your ass off. And, and, and then I, you know, walk away from that conversation because like, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have that hunger. Uh, talk to me about that. Yeah. I grew up middle-class. I don't know how you grew up. I grew up with amazing parents and I, it's it funny because I blamed my parents for being unhealthy and overweight, saying they taught me how to eat bad. We ate at Wendy's, blah, blah, blah. And then mm. I was still a victim. And then I took responsibility and, and, and I said, okay, well, I can relearn. I can do something different. And so what I mean by that is my parents taught me a belief pattern that got me certain results. They did the best they could with the knowledge they had. And I, I'm so grateful for that, right? But it taught me how to be middle class. It taught me how to be, you know, a guy to go, go to school, get a job, prepare for the golden years and, and, and that sort of thing, Right. And once I realized that there was a different way of doing it, it was my responsibility to shift that pattern, that way of thinking in my subconscious mind. 
Now, even though there is that voice going on in your head, doesn't mean that you can't program it to, to take it a different direction. You know what I'm saying? You can program it. It's just you become aware of it and then you, you say, okay, well, this is what I want you to go do, subconscious mind. Go do this. You have to be able to just become aware that your process of thinking has got you where you're at and it's not going to get you to where you're going. You want to go somewhere different. So become aware when you're younger or that when you're younger, you were programmed by your religion, by your family, by your community. And then also understand, well, what good did come from that? For me, it was one thing I realized, man, my parents gave me the one thing that drove me to this part, which is they loved me massively, supported me massively. And that's really what I've been hungry and after more than the money. And then once I could understand that the value came from them in a certain way and that I really am because of them, then I could start to say, well, what is it that I want? What do I, and a great question for that, Pat, is what do I want to do before I die? Okay. So I asked myself, what do I want my health to be like before I die? And then I started writing it out. I started creating the story of what I wanted it to look like. And I asked myself this question, which feels better, being middle class and having a nine to five job or being financially free. And I was like, well, fuck, financially free sounds way better. So that's what I did is I course, got financially yeah. free. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And it's just, you know, it's just like everything, right? It's a mindset. It's how you think. Well, th this has been great, Colton. I mean, this is, I love catching up with you. We could talk all day about this stuff. Now, what, you know, we've created this toolbox for our listeners and everybody that comes on the show throws in a wrench or a hammer or a screwdriver or something. And then the agents that listen to the show can go on, get the toolbox for free and have all these really cool tools to use in their business to make more money. So what kind of tool can you donate today to the toolbox to help a rock star nation here? Yeah, we, we gave you guys our power declarations. This is what I read with my sales team every single day in our stand-up meeting. And this is a way you can reprogram your subconscious mind to just think that you can attract more money, you can attract more listings, you can do more deals, you can charge more. So just some of the things on there is I have on there, money comes to me easily and frequently. Money naturally finds me. I am an excellent prospector. People naturally sign my contract. So those are just some of the ideas. And so what happens is when you say that with the right emotion, it's not just saying the words, you got to anchor it to that positive energy emotion on the upper end of the emotional guidance scale. So you can download those, use those, you can even ask me, send me a, a message on Facebook and I can get you an audio version too. So yeah, that's just some of them. That's awesome, dude. You know, I had, I am an excellent prospector for probably a decade. I also had, I am an excellent listing agent for probably a decade over and over again. I said that. So it's funny that you have some of the same ones. So yeah, that'd be great. We'll put that in the toolbox, guys. And I'm going to put all of Colton's information on hybendigital.com backslash Colton2. Uh, I don't think I've had any other Coltons I may have, but but it'll be just the number two, C-O-L-T-O-N, the number two, hybendigital.com backslash Colton2. Colton, thanks again, buddy. All the best of luck to you in Utah. And if I'm ever up in that area, let's get together and break some bread, my brother. But she's on my nizzle. I'm totally down with that. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben and keep rocking.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.